Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Kallenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part Two, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive, now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose in our series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And we are cruising along here. We're on program number 33. And the title of the program today is Thy Kingdom Come and the Power and the Glory, Matthew 6, 13. And Susan, before we get going, would would you offer up a word of prayer, please? Yes, our Father in Heaven, we are grateful that we have an opportunity to look at your Word and to apply it to everyday life. And now we just pray pray that um, your Spirit is the the power that comes upon us, that we may uh, rightly represent you and um, grow ourselves, and that people who are listening have growth as well. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was listening to the words of the song, and I read the title wrong. Uh, it is, thine, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That's the title. And I just, the last verse of that song, I was, had it in my head when I read the title. So anyway, Matthew 6, 13. And we're going to get into that um, a little bit. But uh, before we do, I, we would like to um, kind of talk a little bit about... Um, what is God's power? I mean, if we're going to talk about God's power and his glory, that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, uh, you know, what, what is his power, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. You know, what is his glory? I mean, is it, is it being, a, being so strong and mighty to be able to force people to do what he wants them to do? Hmm. I think that before I was on the path to real conversion, because I think it is a, it's a lifelong experience. I don't think it like happens all at once. Process. Right. And um, I was, so before I got on that path, it was like, I was always hoping and praying that God would use his power to um even things out for me. Yeah, take care of your business. <laughs> exactly, especially uh, uh, here and now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to come into my life and to right all the wrongs that had been done to me, and then I could, at that point, I said, I was always telling myself. I think underlying my thought in my thoughts was that until God can set things right, I'm never going to be set right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. 
that was the excuse I used. Sure. That, you know, I'm an addict because of this, that, and the other thing, and mm-hmm. that they, and people that would, too. I've heard you say, if people would just leave me alone, let me do what I want to do, everything would be fine. Right. And I think, but more so, I was looking for God to be proactive on my on my behalf in order to, like I said, set things right that were done wrong to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I, I truly saw... Um, you know, a I guess a truer picture of God, or or the I finally allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart that I recognized that, you know, God is in the business of restoring each individual human being as long as they're ready and willing to participate, and that my health and and blessing and and um or you know my my ability to carry on in, in a spiritual way has nothing to do with other people's behaviors or actions towards me okay, or, or how they think about me, which is going to come up in the next Yeah, program. yeah, yeah. And that's very well put, you know, and, I'm, and as you're talking about it, I'm just scribbling um, notes down because uh, the first thing that comes in mind, you know, when you, when you first, at least for me, when you first become clean and sober, and I think this is what you're kind of talking about, and you're, and you're, you're you're wanting God to do your biddings, mm-hmm. at least that's kind of the way it's been. Mm-hmm. And you learned that that you're there to do His biddings, right? Whoa, right. that goes against my entire previous life, right? That I'm to do somebody else's biddings. Mm-hmm. That the, that I don't use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses me. That was a new concept to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the, and 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 so I think that. You know, we we go into the thing with the with with our spiritual pendulum, if you will. Like when you got first got clean and sober, and I got clean and sober, we kind of went into a bit of a protection mode, a self protection mode, um, as we're getting glimpses of God's glory, if we you will. We were being incubated. We were I being, think, yeah, right? we were we were being incubated <laughs> right. exactly. And um, I, I, there's a metaphor I like to use here because uh, I, I heard it from Oswald Chambers. And the metaphor is is that light can shine into a mud puddle, and the light doesn't get dirty. Mm-hmm. And I that just that metaphor grabs me because God kind of went into my brain, and He began shining that light, and all those particles of dirt started showing. Now God didn't get dirty doing it, mm-hmm. and and which which I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. You know, they saw Jesus in a crowd of people drinking, mm-hmm. and they Prostate. called him a yeah, a prostitute, and they called him a wine bibber and a glutton. Mm-hmm. But the light was amongst, for the lack of better term, the 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 people that well, I mean, they desired him, but you know, they needed a little fetching up, right? And he was amongst them, and he does not get dirty, but the light shines in the darkness. Right. So I don't know if this is a time to bring this up, but you know, there's always that saying: when you spot it, you got it. When you spot it, you got it. Right. Yeah. Well, that yeah, and that talks about judging people, and you know, that's a that's a whole deal about um, when that light shines in you know in you, and you see that rot problem in you. I mean, I don't know about me, but as soon as I quit smoking. I I didn't I really wasn't too fond of people that smoked and you still smoked. I did. Yeah. But for see, a couple of years. But see once yeah, once we changed and we want the rest of the world to change just like we are. Right. See? And so Jesus begins shining that light inside your inside your head and he start you start picking up, you know, oh wow, everything I've ever done in my life was wrongly motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, and the light shines in that darkness and then 
and he kind of creates a hypocrisy with inside your your very being, you know, because now you want to be one way, but your flesh is telling you to be another way. This is the glory of God. This is the power of God that's working. Right, and so I think that that's the important thing is is always definitions when it comes to words, definitions and context. Yeah, words mean something. Exactly, and so when God is, so when we think of power, we think of force. We think of... Yes. Um, uh, one person having at a, has a, an advantage over another person, and therefore they use their power to create whatever situation they want to to be created. But that I don't think I don't think that explains um, no. what God's power is. A power on earth is different than heavenly power. Right. It just is. It works different. If you think about it, God took the mightiest angel. And he went south. Mm -hmm. Lucifer became Satan. Now, how did God conquer Lucifer? He made Jesus a little lower than the angels to suffer. And that was God's power. He takes and he—heaven works opposite the way this earth works. Right. Heaven, heaven will allow their creation to nail them to a cross and forgive them while they're doing it. Right. So I think what true power is when, when in this text, when it says, um, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, I believe that the power that, that God gives to us is the power of reasoning, the power of um, determining and, and making decisions as we come across things and the power to resist our um, flesh, I think, is what it is. It's okay. the power to um, put self aside and to act in a godly manner. I believe that that's the power he imbues us with. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, the power to do what an angel is not equipped to do, mm-hmm. and that is to go into for lack of a better term, this dirty humanity and let your light shine Mm -hmm. so that others can see this glory of God. That's what it is. Remember, Moses, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. I'll Mm -hmm. pass by. Moses comes down the hill. His face is glowing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't sunburned. Mm -hmm. It was glowing because he saw the character of God is bright. Have you ever seen somebody that walks in a room and they just brighten it up? Mm -hmm. Their character, their their enthusiasm, their their joy, their 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 ability to live inside their own skin comfortably, uh, and at peace with God, and they just they just liven that room up, and that's this, that's what God's glory is about. It's about us being able to walk through this world, living in our side of our own skin, because God has done what He has done. He's given us a new disposition. He's well, and he can, then he continues to enable us on a daily basis to um, fight back that old man that mm-hmm. wants to rear its ugly head and to continue to, even if we make a mistake, to be able to um, be connected with that vine. Mm-hmm. And so we continue to have that power or that source of life coming from that divine vine mm-hmm. that in and of ourselves we don't have that power. We don't have it. We don't have we can't muster up the right disposition. Right. We can't muster it up. We cannot muster up the right mindset. Mm-hmm. But somehow God when we're born again, that's why Jesus says you must be born again. He gives us that disposition and all of a sudden we are able to see through another lens. Mm-hmm. 
And then it, then it be, then becomes the, the the how we see how we are hypocrites because we know what's right yet the old person still does what's wrong like Paul's talking about in in Romans chapter 7 is that battle with the old habits the old pulls the old way things are so you you have a new taste mm-hmm. a taste for good mm-hmm. but the old taste is still pulling it, you so know? So I think that, you know, instead of having a clear glass to look outside of your house, I think that God gives you a mirror so that you can start looking at the inside of your brain in your house to see where you're at. But then I think you can also fall off on that tangent to be so shameful and so guilty that that becomes a pitfall. Well, let's talk I mean? about the inside of that house. You know, there's a long hallway. This is inside your head, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a long hallway. Mm-hmm. And there's some really nice rooms. Right. And those doors are open. Some, I mean, maybe those doors got glass on them and you could see right in them. Right. But you get farther down that hallway and there's some doors that we don't want God to walk down and open up. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's where it becomes, the more those doors that we open up and let God into, mm-hmm. the easier it is going to be to live inside our own skins clean and sober, and I mean spiritually clean and sober, too, right. where we don't, we don't have that tendency now to gossip or to judge someone else or whatever because we're okay with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And this is the power of God. God can take someone like me, someone like you, and somehow give us a disposition where we love good and not evil anymore. Right. How does that work? Right. And, and and I imagine the angels are looking right, you know, when, when Jesus has done what he's done throughout history, and they're looking and, and they're seeing, well, he came for 30 years, he had a ministry for three, he allowed his creation to nail him on the cross, and look at these people are being changed by that. We can see it, it's obvious, but we have no idea how God does it. Right. But he does it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's God's power. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I guess that's the mystery of godliness. Sure, it is right? to to give a human being a new disposition where he abhors evil mm-hmm. and and actually loves God when his entire life and for me it was forty one years I was in rebellion and I hated God and I didn't even know it. Right. We don't know until that light shines into that mud puddle. We have no idea what we look like. And isn't it nice to know that the light is brighter than the darkness will ever be? The, you know, and, that, that, and he and he doesn't uh he doesn't hit the 2000 watt super metal halide in in, in the immediately. And S- starts out with a little 30 watt bulb, well, you know what I and mean? And then and then he also says, you know, if you reject the light, then consequences come as accordingly as you reject it. I don't, I'm not going to punish you because you reject me. Because, you know, usually within, in human thoughts, if you put yourself out there for somebody and they reject you, then a lot of times you want to get revenge or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And God doesn't have that. God, God is sad when mm-hmm. people reject his light. Yeah, he wants nothing more than everyone. And, and so I think that's why we, t- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's why every time we have the slightest opportunity at all to um, to do anything for anybody, um, you know, we should grasp that opportunity 
and to move forward because we never know what, ha- I guess everything has eternal consequences. It sure does. Every you know? moment of every day right. has eternal consequences. Right. And so to to be able to, you know, to be open to whatever may happen that day as opposed to saying, you know, you know, lock yourself into what the events are going to be. You ha- we have to be open and flexible for whatever may God may bring into our day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So that's the last sentence, uh, like the first sentence of the Lord Prayer, points to our Father as above all power and authority and every name that is named. We look at our surroundings, and as human beings and as earthly human beings, we want to bathe ourselves in the sunshine of this worldly prosperity and, prosperity and honor, but God sees that this world is dark with disruptions of human hatred and 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 just confusion, and he wants to shine that light into the heart of everyone, but we don't like it. Right, and in Matthew 24, the Bible tells us, we will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, and all these things are the beginning of of sorrows. And isn't that what, um, you know, when you look at the world around you know, you look at the at the everything that's going on, and it gives you, you know, cause to for concern because of everything seems to be bubbling up to the surface. You know, in in so many different areas of our lives. Yeah, and and we are not to fear that God's forsaken us. Right. God still has a purpose, but he's got to let this thing play out. Remember, this is a controversy between one way and another way of running the universe. And don't take Satan as a um, a minor thing. Mm-hmm. He was next in command to God. Mm-hmm. He fell. He took one-third of the most brilliant beings that God has ever created with him. Right. This is a big deal, mm-hmm. and we're right in the middle of it, Right, and it's huge. Right. In the Lord's Prayer, the disciples of Christ were directed to look above all the power and dominion of evil and look to the Lord, their God, whose kingdom rules over all and who is their Father and their everlasting friend. Yeah, and we have to remember, because there is a, crisis, a more of a crisis coming than what we see right now, and... Um, we just have to keep remember God is in charge, but He's allowing things to happen. Right, and we ha- just have to remember. And and there's an old saying, um, especially when things affect you know you or me, that things are not happening to you but happening for you. Right. When we go through trials, there's a reason for it, and and I, I mean sometimes they are, and and we want to pray right now for. Those people that are really there, I, I have some friends that are really going through some trials, mm-hmm. bladder cancer, and and um, we've had people call that are really struggling uh, with their their addictions, and they just can't seem to break free, and just you just stuff is going on right. all over, right? And financial worries, financial and, worries, and war, credit card yeah, debt, and world wars, and you just, know, just all kinds of craziness, and and. You know it. It you know you can't be disconnected from the world. So what you're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, and to do our very best in our circle of influences to 
um, have a, a positive f- effect for God. That's that's what God calls us to do. You know, God said to Cyrus in Isaiah forty five five, "I gird you, and and you haven't even known you." In the vision of the prophet Ezekiel, there was the appearance of a hand beneath the wings of a cherubim. This is to teach his servants that is a divine power which gives us success. Yeah, there are a lot of people that don't even know God, but quote-unquote think they know God, but they're doing God's will. Paul says in Romans, you know, that that uh, that the Gentiles that do the that obey the law right. unknowingly are a law unto themselves. They're following God. They're listening to the Holy Spirit, even though— They may uh, not know they, Jesus. They may not know right. Jesus. They actually really do. Um those that God employs as his messengers are not to feel that his work is dependent totally on them either. We don't have to take the load. This is God's load. Mm-hmm. It's our opportunity to let your light shine. But finite beings are not left to carry this burden of responsibility. God is the one. He doesn't slumber. He will accomplish his designs, and he will carry forward the work. We are to blossom where we're planted. And I, I want to thank my good friend Bob, for for um, planting that in my mind, because I've often, you know, uh, been a little bit weary of, oh, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? Very simple. Blossom where you're planted. Right. I love be- that. Because, uh, because amid all the strife and the chaos that's going on in our, in our earth and our world right now, God is the Lord of hosts, and he sits between the cherubim and still guards his children. He who rules in the heavens is our Savior. And he measures every trial. He watches the testing of every soul. He's there with you. And and it's there to um, benefit us. It's never there to cause us harm. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's. I know when you're going through it, it is very, very difficult to wonder why God won't step in. Um, God sees the end from the beginning, and eternity is a long, long time. We're here for just a dot on right. the paper. That's all we are here for. Right. Let's see. First uh, Chronicles twenty nine eleven. I'd like to lead, read that. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in heaven and in earth. Thine is thine. In thine hand is the power and the might, and in thine hand is to make great and give strength unto all. How does he give that strength? It's not to have strong muscles. Mm-hmm. It's to once again, like we talk about, to be for a person to be okay inside their own skin and legitimately be able to let their light shine. The shine, the the light that God is shining in their soul reflects on others. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've often, I, I've often, in this. Uh, in my thoughts, especially in my everyday actions, as as God is, um, I want to say, for lack of a better term, um, in my self inspection, if you mm-hmm. will, um, walking through life day to day, I sometimes want to analyze: Am I treating people like people, or am I treating people like objects to accomplish my agenda? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, only God, only the Holy Spirit can bring something like that to mind. Mm-hmm. But as we, it, it becomes a, it becomes a tendency 
in a human being mm-hmm. to have something they want done and either people are in the way or people we need to use those people to get something done that we need to get done. And so um, you, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, but this is, this is part of that spiritual walk. This is part of God's power. God can come into the heart and God can help a person to walk and let their light shine and not use people as objects and, and treat people like people and see that bigger picture because that's what heaven's going to be like. Right. The power and the glory of God, treating people like people, um, loving people for who they are, not what they are. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to bring anything to the table for a spiritual person to love another person. Amen. You know, we're going to have to wrap it up here, folks. Uh Thank you for joining in with us. Give us a call, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power